live from the Robinson Auto Group Studios in the heart of the Ohio Valley. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. But you got to have friends. The feelings are so strong. You got to have friends to make that day last long. I had some friends, but they're gone. Something came and took them away, and from the dust till the Good morning, friend. Welcome to the show. It is our first day together in the week, and it's already midweek edition of the program. It's a Wednesday. It is a Wednesday, right? It's Wednesday, Howard. I'm going to tell you, I, all weekend long, I was confused what day was it. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I enjoyed that long weekend, I'm telling you. I, just, I still wasn't sure. Then I uh, bumped into Fuzzy LaRue out in the uh, lobby. So I thought it must be Wednesday. Must be Wednesday. Yeah, those guys, yeah, those exactly. guys are getting ready to go at 9 o'clock. <laughs> 67 degrees, temperature moving up a little bit. 67 at the uh, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. 69 at the Highlands. Still 65 in Elm Grove. And 66 degrees here at the Robinson Otter Group Studios, downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. I didn't check outside, but there was early morning fog. It may still be sticking around. When the fog is gone, it's going to be a great day today. Sunshine, blue skies, temperatures in the upper 80s. Might even see some people pushing 90 degrees today. Definitely, as Adam said, pool weather. Feel free to jump in or go to the pools. Sunny skies. Well, tomorrow, pretty much the same. Sunny and warm. Uh, maxing out in the upper 80s during the day tomorrow, too. Hot and sticky then. Then uh, Friday and Saturday and Sunday, we'll see more clouds and maybe a bit of rain mixed in and off throughout the days. But two days of great weather, so enjoy them uh, today. Did you, did, you get any, you do, did you get your grass cut this weekend? I, I cut a little grass yesterday, Howard. Yes, I did. That uh, made it even uh, the worst 4th of July weekend. <laughs> that added to it? Added to it. I got a little grass afternoon, and it was hot. I mean, just a good workout. I mean, if you look at it like that, you want to do get a little sweat conjured up. But uh, not the really the way I wanted to spend the Fourth of July. What do you normally do on the Fourth of July? I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's usually a get together, right? I mean, you, you sit there, you, you socialize, maybe play old cards. I love to play volleyball. Really, e- even at sixty-one, that's news to me. I really enjoy a lively volleyball game. I enjoy a good badminton game. It appears that the rage now is this damn pickleball, pickleball Howard, that yeah. everybody's playing. I am too fat and too old to play pickleball. <laughs> but I can play a little. Another game that I love uh, from our youth, Howard, we're talking the way back. Remember the old picnics when you would get a rousing game of croquet? Croquet. I love playing croquet. No, Nobody play. plays croquet anymore. Know. We probably have a croquet set someplace, but nobody plays croquet. Nobody anymore. plays that. Uh, if I were to try and – if I were to go out and put up – uh, wickets and Where does the wickets go? I forget where the wickets and go. And try to tell Teddy, now we're going to knock this ball through these things. He was like, Granddad, I don't know what game this is, but it's got to be one of your old people's games. I tell you what Teddy did learn this weekend. He went to see his uh, grandpa uh, for a big family reunion on his mother's side of the family. He came back, Bob, a poker stud. They taught the boy how to play poker while he was down there. And... Um, He's good. <laughs> He's good. <laughs> we we played a few times at home uh, the last couple of days, and he just he was raking in the pot. He he learned how to play the game. Well, that can be a good game for you and Granddad. Uh, Teddy will have all Granddad's money. That 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 work out good. <laughs> he did yesterday. I'll tell you. We just uh, uh, now I had a little trouble. A couple of times he wanted to play by his own rules. He had well, he had a couple of different rules that I ever heard him. House before. rules. Yeah, you got to watch his house yeah, rules but, hard. Uh, but he did. 8-11 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Bob, we talked on Friday, as you mentioned earlier, uh, with uh, John McCabe about Fred Connors, um, newsman extraordinaire here in the Upper Ohio Valley, but had a really, really varied career. Um, I did not know, maybe you did, I didn't know he had worked for the FBI to begin with. Uh, I did not know that either, no. He worked for the FBI in Washington then was in the Navy. Um, worked for the Martins Ferry Times Leader, uh, 17 years at Weirton Steel, which again is a part of his resume. I, I wasn't, had no I wasn't, idea he was a steel worker, no. Um, and then, of course, he's known best for his work with the Wheeling newspapers, where he just did a just a tremendous job. But before that, as you mentioned, 
he was an entrepreneur and did a few little odds and ends. He created a little, what would you call it, newsletter, tiny magazine, a self-published magazine that basically was a, a swap shop, a trading post magazine. You know, people put things on they wanted to get rid of or wanted to buy, and he, you know, he published that. And then he had a radio show like that here. Yeah, and I was his producer. It was over in the Laconia building, and we did it for a few months. And Fred was great to work with. He, he, he really was. If, I, if someone asked me to describe Fred Connors, I would use this word or words. I would say Fred Connors was an investigative reporter mm-hmm. is, is what he was. He, he, he loved to break the story. He loved to get the facts. He's a dog. I mean, and, he was a, just a dog on a story. And, uh, you know, there were so many well-known cases. The last time I talked to Fred, uh, you were on vacation, Howard. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought, man, what a better guest uh, than Fred Connors. And I reached out to Fred, and I talked to him, and he said, ah, Bobby, he said, you know, I, I don't get up very early. And I said, well, you know, I wanted to talk about it. And, and, and he said, ah, you know, we've, we've, we've talked about them about as all we can. You know, there really isn't much to say anymore. And I said, you're, you're right, Fred. I said, uh, it was good talking to you. And, uh, you know, I hope to see you soon. Not even five minutes went, went past and the phone rang and it was Fred. He said, yeah, damn. He said, I, I am going to do it. He said, I, I want to do it. He said, I'll get up. What time do you want me? He said, I was going to go to the doctor's office, but I'll, I'll put that off because I want to come on with you, and we'll talk about that. And I am so glad. I was so glad then, Howard, and so glad now that, that he's gone, uh, that I got to spend a little bit of time with Freddie on the radio again. His two biggest – and the last time I tried to get him on the show was when Eugene Blake was looking for parole. Remember that? I and, do. And – I, and Fred said, no, I'm not. And I eventually he told me the truth. He said, look, he said, I don't want to call, call t- any attention to myself because if he does get parole, I don't want him thinking about me. So I, I understood that. The two big stories that probably the general public think about with Fred Connor, and there are many others and we can talk about them. Uh, the two big stories are the Eugene Blake story. That was an unbelievable story that Fred uncovered. Eugene Blake had been in prison for murder, but it turned out he had done other murders as well. And Fred uncovered those and got him convicted a second time and um, sent to prison for a longer period of time. I mean, that was it was a deep dive into what they call him, the con man serial killer. Eugene Blake, it was amazing how he managed to con his way out of prison. Convinced, if I remember correctly, Governor Arch Moore was the governor. Convinced the governor, and he had friends who convinced the governor, he's a good guy, let him go. And it wasn't that long ago, what you're talking about with Fred was, he. it seemed like he, he had a real good chance of getting out again. That's right, and, exactly. and, and that didn't happen, so Fred didn't want to, he'd been knocking on Freddie's door maybe. Uh, but, Howard, you know me about as well as anyone. I, I, I'm not that smart. Uh, I have a very limited uh, vocabulary. My, my grammar is atrocious. But I really believe I can write a book. And, and the book that I want to write is about the Anthony Proviano murder mm-hmm. uh, in Belmont County. And I spoke with well, Fred. You covered that as a reporter. I did. Mm-hmm. I, and I spoke with Fred many, many times. And he pointed me in the right direction. Even said he would help me get started. Uh, because that story, and, and there are so many. Of course, Sister Roberta, the, you know, there's a, a, not a more tragic story than that. And it's still unsolved. But the Anthony Proviano story from the beginning to the end and everything in between is a novel, is a story, is a movie. It could be anything because it is just twist and turns and you just really can't believe it. And someday I really hope to be a part of that. And Freddie was so nice to me and uh, I hope to do it for Fred one of these days. Uh, I, I hope I'm able to, to get involved in that. Fred likes, Fred loved to work with other people and train people and help people. He formed the Ohio Valley Writers Group uh, where they all got together, you know, local folks who, who just like to write. He invited me several times. I never did go. But, you know, just, just local folks who like to write, and they would write for each other and read things out loud to each other, and they would all help each other. I won't suggest Fred was like the – he wasn't the professor, but he helped everybody else sort of, you know, hone their work and so on. That's something else he did. So I think the Eugene Blake story was clearly his – biggest, I don't know, claim to fame is the right word. And uh, he was nominated by his own newspaper for a Pulitzer for that, did not win one, but he was nominated for a Pulitzer. And it was, in my opinion, certainly worthy of that. 
Then the other story, a little more mundane and yet directly involving, you know, the Ohio Valley, uh, he was like, what they say, white on rice uh, on the, the tunnel renovation work. What's it been, 10 years ago? They kept, it was going to be, I forget the numbers, it was going to be a 111-day project, and it was like six years, I don't know, it, was, it just kept dragging on and on and on. They couldn't get the tunnel fixed. They couldn't get the tiles replaced. It just, it was, it was a mess. And Fred was there every single day. I mean, every day Fred went down to the tunnel, parked his car, went in and talked to all the construction workers to see what the day's story was. And the story always was something's messed up. I mean, he covered that story and we, we thank heavens on this radio show. Thank God he did. Cause it gave us a daily, <laughs> a daily subject to delve into. And we laugh about it and, and Fred was all over it, but that, that, that'll have to go down as one of the biggest blunders ever because this, anybody that was around the time, this wasn't just putting tile up the, the tunnel leaked and it leaked really really bad you and there was an, you had an iceberg at major, one end of the tunnel major major problems and for whatever reason they hired this company howard corrected me out of richmond who their job basically was they went to bathrooms and put tile into their, into their <laughs> bathrooms and they hired them for this project and it was just crazy just absolutely crazy it is one of those things you to this day i still wonder who said uh, what about R RJ? I mean, That's a great idea. Brilliant. Know, I mean, <laughs> RJ's top and top. He he never had, and he and he the RJ admitting is I I never did any tunnels or any. I fixed bathrooms, <laughs> but he was a little tub work. But uh, Fred uh, Fred did that. Uh, John McCabe, uh, newspaper editor, wrote it. An if you're on Facebook, read John's tribute to Fred. It was extremely well-written, heartfelt, meaningful. But he talks about the day that, that Fred learned about R.J.'s tub and tile. And he said Fred, Fred had not pulled out from the parking lot. He was on the phone to John going, he called him whippersnapper. Whippersnapper, you are not going to believe what I just found. But Fred covered that story just inside, outside, upside down. And we, the public then, you know, we all complain about a lot of construction projects and we get little glimpses here and there, streetscape, other ones. But Fred was so much over that story that we all knew what was going on. Now, I suspect, I think it was Velada Construction. I could be wrong, but I think Velada was the company. They probably weren't real happy with Fred. Think about it. Without Fred, I don't know, would the story have ever got after? We knew it was a mess, but would we have actually known that they hired this, this basically the bathroom repair company yeah, the to fix the not. tunnel? The we probably, probably wouldn't not. have. No. no. Um, because, frankly, if I was Velada, I would have tried to cover that up as quick as I could. I would have told RJ, hide that van, for God's sake. And if you see Freddie Connors coming, you know, <laughs> shut down or something. Yeah, just, but those were the – I think Fred had multiple stories. Uh, he did a lot of work with death row inmates. And, and uh, uh, at one point, he, he was going to go watch an execution. And he asked me, he said, would you want to go? And, no, I don't. Um, but those, I think those two stories are the, are the defining stories of his investigative reporting career. The Wheeling Tunnel and the Eugene Blake story. Two very different stories. Two very different stories. One, the killer con man affecting literally life, death, and so on. The other was just a debacle that was the Wheeling Tunnel renovation work. Um, and Fred was just all over those. Passed away this weekend. He had been in ailing health. Um, you know, the last time I heard from him, and I, I really appreciate this, he complimented me on one of the sermons I had done. I posted one of my sermons from uh, Dillonvale Church uh, online, and he listened to it, and he sent me a note, and he said, that is a phenomenal piece of writing. He said, what a great, do you do this every week? I said, yeah, I do it every week. I mean, I was, it was, that was really meaningful to me because he was it was a big compliment from Fred. I mean, he was just just very, very, very effusive about it. And most people know he had, oh geez, he had three kids and then multiple grandchildren and great grandchildren. The list in the obituary is um, it was longer than I than I realized. I'm not going to read them all, but I mean, you know, uh, uh, he had uh, two sons. Most people know his most people know his kids, uh, Joel Connors, who is now Joel Moray. 
um, worked for the city of Wheeling and then for Red, and now is uh, doing some independent work on her own. Uh, quite well known here in the Upper Ohio Valley. Dean Connors, who uh, comes in the radio show a good bit. He's now more of a real estate developer kind of thing in downtown Wheeling. Scott Connors, who's a real estate agent. Um, three very well-known, well-respected individuals, all children of, of Fred. Um, and then, again, numerous uh, grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Let's see, four step-great-grandchildren. I'm just reading from the obit. So just big family. And, uh, you know, and it, uh, speaking for the—I know the three kids. I know Joel and Dean and Scott, all great kids, you know. And I guess Fred taught them very well, I suppose. Um, but he will be missed. Um, oh, no question. His, his, no know, question he hasn't done any reporting, I don't think, lately, but he will be missed. Because anytime, Howard, for me, it's going to take me a while to adjust. You know, anytime there's a story out there that pops up or, 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 what, or Fred would think. what Freddie think, and now, unfortunately, he's gone. Yep, he's gone. Um, so, anyways, uh, certainly uh, prayers uh, for him and his family, condolences to everybody, and um, we, the community, are, are, are less... We, the community, were better because he was here. We are less because he is gone. And uh, fly safely to your rest, my friend. 823, 23 after the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Coming up on Metro News Hotline. On the Independence Day version of our show, Dave Brown from Steeler Depot will be here. We'll be talking about the Mountaineers. And Tom Bragg will join me in studio at 5. Plus your calls, texts, tweets, in or out, and our question of the day. Metro News Hotline with Dave Weekly. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 at WVMetroNews.com and on this Metro News station. much could a cyber attack cost your business? The costs stemming from a cyber attack can vary tremendously, but are extremely significant. Recent studies have shown that the average cost of a data breach to small business can range from $120,000 to $1.2 million. In addition to financial loss, companies also suffer downtime, lost opportunities, and data recovery expenses that can all quickly add up. Could your organization survive a cyber incident? If you are unsure if you are doing enough to protect your data, reputation, and dollars from cyber criminals, contact the team at Omni Strategic Technologies today. Omni has the right tools and support to help keep your business protected. Call 304-242-7600 and schedule your free consultation today or visit omniperforms.com. Omni Strategic Technologies, the only cybersecurity and advisory firm that the Watchdog trusts. It's the summer's hottest party, the Circus Saints and Sinners Party on the Plaza Music and Food Festival. The fun happens Saturday, July 8th at the Plaza on Market in downtown Wheeling. Get tickets at partyontheplaza.org. Everyone appreciates the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, even Governor Justice. Howard, you're a good man, and I appreciate all you do every day. Thank you, sir. Weekdays, 7 to 10 a.m. on The Watchdog. Information, interviews, debates, and discussion, plus an occasional rant. With Bob Slider behind the board, this is The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Six twenty-six after the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. You know, um, hearing Governor Justice there. Bob, I wonder how long Governor Justice can avoid a lot of blowback from the state police story, the West Virginia state police story that kind of broke, what, four, five, six months ago? I lose track of time. From, began with an anonymous letter sent to the media and then to the, 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 the governor's office or someone like that. Um, they began to look into it. There were a variety of allegations about 
things wrong in the state police. But one that has really caught fire is the allegation that there were cameras in the women's trainees locker room. And if I remember correctly, it was acknowledged that, yes, it turns out there was. And they, they had found the video, and I think they got rid of the video, supposedly. I don't want to misstate the facts, but I think that's the case. Uh, but this story is now, so it's been a Metro News story and a Charleston Gazette story. It's now making its way onto the national scene. CNN has covered this story recently. CBS News has covered this story. New York Times has covered this story. And once it hits the national level, you begin to wonder, the governor's basically, well, I'm fixing it, we're working on it, we got somebody new in charge. And I don't know how long that's going to last in terms of being able to just dodge the issue from a political point of view. Uh, it, 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 I think it's going to hurt, Howard. Uh, selfishly, I immediately think of Alex Mooney because I despise him so much. So uh, forgive me, Governor. I don't, you know, I don't want to make light of your problems, but automatically I think, is this going to hurt him against Alex Mooney? And I think when you start piling these things up, Howard, the finance disaster, not paying this person, having to have your properties auctioned off, you can't even protect your, 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 your properties and pull them back. And now this, because you know his relationship with the state police was very, very close. They protect the governor. They're with him 24 hours a day. They're around him. And local attorney, uh, Teresa Torseva, man, she's going to have a field day with this. The, um, the, 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 the issue has been kind of, I don't say dodge. It just hasn't really stuck much with the governor. When the story first came out, he began to say, you know, well, now we're fixing things. He replaced the state superintendent, uh, state police superintendent, with somebody else. Um, and it's just kind of been sitting in the background. But I th and there have been lawsuits now filed. Some of the women are coming forward and speaking publicly. Um, again, CNN, CBS, New York Times have done some uh, reporting on this. And I think once it hits that level, it's going to take on a different flavor. Um, so I want to be clear. The issue, the real issue, the real concern is what happened to these women. Were they improperly spied on? Was it abused? I, I don't want to diminish the actual cases themselves, but we talk a lot about politics here. My point is the political ramifications of this are going to be, I think, begin to start to be felt. And, and here's what's going to happen, Howard. Who knew? When did they know? And was there a cover-up? And right. if, if, if the answer is yes to any one of those I mean, this is going to be huge because we're talking about young women here. Mm -hmm. They were trainees. young women yeah. taking advantage of the people who should be protecting them. Yeah, this is going to be Howard. I don't know. Is there a cap on uh, you know what the penalties and stuff? But this might be astronomical here. This well, this this might just blow the, the the roof off. It's going to be. It's going to, I mean, it is a big deal. And again, the the, the cases in court. So I don't want to get too deep into this the details of it. Um, but I do want to say I think because it is in court and because the national media has begun to pick up on it, no offense to all of us here locally, and I'm talking about Metro News and, you know, Mark Curtis and the next door. I'm talking about all of us inside the state. We're one thing, but when the national media starts to pick up on this stuff, it begins to become a, have a different flavor to it, and I think the governor may – May, May, he has a meeting, he has a, a, a briefing today, for example. I just think at some point he's going to have to be a little more aggressive in addressing this story other than saying, well, we're look, I, I got a new superintendent, we're looking into it. I think, I think he's going to have to do something more. I don't know what it is, but he's going to have to do something more than that. I don't know if you agree with me, Howard, but I look at things like this. He's the boss. And, again, do I, do I blame him? Right now I don't. Well, clearly, but, but he's the boss, and he's responsible. It starts with him. The, the, the incidents were before he was governor. But nonetheless, you're right, he's the boss. And what I am bothered by is that he doesn't just doesn't take the bull by the horns and say, you know, here's how we're going to shake things up. But, again, I don't want to get too far into it because there are legal cases pending. So, well, But let me hit you with this. If, if, if that existed and, and it was known about and nothing is done. I don't care who you are. That's political. It's over. It is over for you. I'm not saying that's the case. But, man, you know they're going to dig deep on this, Howard. They are going to dig, and they're going to dig some more. And I think it's all going to come to the surface. 832 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, I want to get into a couple of other things, including this story out of Weirton that has really bothered me. 
It uh, came to light over the long holiday weekend. Uh, guy is uh, holds off cops for five hours, is killed at the end of that, and then we discover that he had uh, he had been convicted of a double murder and sentenced to life in prison before. What was he doing there and weirding inside that house? We'll talk about it coming up. Good Wednesday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this July the 5th. Hopefully you had the chance to get some gas at Sheets yesterday for $1.77 a gallon. Cars were waiting patiently in line all day yesterday to get the patriotic promotion before it wrapped up at 11.59 p.m. The reason for the price was to celebrate 1776 when our country gained its independence. And Governor Mike DeWine has officially signed the 2024 state budget. House Bill 33 is a $191 billion budget that will cut $3 billion in taxes. The governor says the bill focuses on providing new opportunities for jobs and economic development. Also included in the budget, an overhaul of the Department of Education, giving the state house more power, and a social media law requiring parental consent for kids under 16. Public schools are also fully funded in this budget, and any public school student can apply for a voucher to go to any public or private school partly or fully on taxpayers' dime. This was met with mixed reviews from elected officials. Governor DeWine issued 44 line-item vetoes to House Bill 33. He and Lieutenant Governor Husted will hold a press conference today to discuss the budget. And Workforce West Virginia announced their next date in a series of statewide virtual job fairs. Both employers and job seekers are invited to participate in today's virtual fair from 1 to 3.30. The fair is for both employers and job seekers to participate. More details can be found on our website at WTRF.com. And a traffic update for you this morning, Mead Township 296 Cash Hill Road will be closed today until September 3rd for slip repairs, culvert, and tree trimming work. This closure will only affect the hill portion of County Road 48. That was a look at your headlines. Have a wonderful Wednesday, everyone. I'm Taylor Long, working for you. I'm Andrew Saul, Commissioner of Social Security. Beware of telephone scammers pretending to be government employees. Real Social Security employees will never threaten you. Call is threatening you with arrest or other legal action and demanding money are not from us. If you receive a call like this, hang up, do not provide them with any form of payment or information. Report the call at oig.ssa.gov. Over the years, you've brought opioids into your home. They helped when you were in pain, and you held on to them just in case. But holding on to opioids puts your family at risk. Learn more at www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. When deciding where to dine in the Ohio Valley, think first of the Highlands. With a full array of fast food choices for everyone in the family, or drop in at the Olive Garden, Cheddar's, Bubba's Burgers, Bob Evans, Fusion, or Panera Bread. Whatever your family's in the mood for, you can find it just off I-70 at the top of the hill. The Highlands, dining, shopping, entertainment, and lodging. Conversations you care about with people you know. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe on WKKX and WVLY. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Martina McBride. Okay, Martina McBride. I think Sean Hannity, the radio talk show host, used to use this as an introduction to his show for a while. It's Independence Day. 837, that's how I relate things <laughs> to radio talk show hosts. 837, 23 to the hour. Temperature moving up. 67 at the uh, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. 70 at the Highlands. 68 uh, in Elm Grove and 67 here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. It's going to be sunny and warm up to the upper 80s, pushing 90 today. Tomorrow, pretty much the same thing. Sunny, hot, sticky, 
Max out probably in the upper 80s again tomorrow. Now Thursday, I'm sorry, tomorrow is Thursday. Friday and into the weekend, we'll see some clouds and maybe a little bit of rain, showers, rumbles of thunder, and so on. Friday, um, we talked, uh, and McCabe was here, and we talked with him about it, about the Ohio County School Board. Uh, they have to ap appoint a new member to replace Grace Norton, who passed away. And the school board had sent out, and you know, they said people could apply for the position. And they had a bunch, and they narrowed it down for a variety of reasons, down to two that they voted on at their school board meeting of Olivia Littman and uh, Jessica Powers. And the votes were split two to two. And so the school board then decided to send it off to the state school superintendent for her to make a decision, um, which is what the procedure was. I mean, I'm not going to quarrel that that was the procedure. Uh, it does seem to me, and I felt at the time, and I said Friday, that I think they could have worked harder to come up with some kind of a, worked a way to make it a compromise of their own rather than sending it off to the state, but nonetheless it is. I wrote my thoughts on this uh, on my blog over at HowardMonroe.net. Um, text line from the from from last Friday at 304-214-1600, the Frio Stack Auction Service text line. I agree the school board dropped the ball. They didn't want to upset Kath, uh, Carly Dittmer. Ms. Littman is the clear choice. Jessica Powers is part of the group who wanted to ban books in school. And the more I've looked at that story, the more I'm beginning to realize that's exactly what's going on here is that there, the, there are two philosophies represented by Olivia Littman and by uh, Jessica Powers. And I don't know if Jessica Powers is part of Moms for Liberty, but she's part of the group that wants to change the way things are done. She, you know, she, she wants to be more restrictive of what kids can learn and so on and so forth. And I think that's why you saw the educators, Pete Chaklis and... Um, Andy Garber uh, voting for Olivia Littman, and then you saw David Croft and Molly Adderholt voting for uh, Jessica Powers. Now, David Croft went to uh, Facebook to offer his response over the weekend. He said, and I share with you what he said, I'm disappointed to report the voters of Ohio County have been ignored. Jessica Powers came to tonight's meeting with the support of four delegations, 110 signature support, um, uh, and years of dedication to watching meetings and following all board actions. Despite all those factors, Mrs. Adderholt and I were the only two that thought those things mattered. Mr. Chaklos didn't have the courtesy to even ask her a question, and the only question Mr. Garber had was if she thought the board meetings were as entertaining as days of our lives. The hubris and, this is, again, David Croft speaking, the hubris and disrespect certain members of this board have and thinking they can substitute their judgment for that of the voters is astonishing and shouldn't be tolerated. I've been in this game going on five years. I've not met a more genuine person than Jessica. If you want someone fighting for your kids, she's it. Words matter, votes matter, Ohio County residents. That's David Croft's response. Um, I'm not going to get too deep in the midst of all this, but I, I, there's, there is a clear, di different direction between these two candidates. And speaking for myself, I'm not sure I'm comfortable with the direction that Ms. Powers wants to take. I have no sense of what the state school superintendent will do. Um, I've talked to several people who said that she will probably go with the, she is an educator, so she'll probably go with the educators on this. I, I just, I, I don't have any idea. I'm just not sure. Um, and I don't know what the time frame is either. I don't know how long they have to make, she has to make a decision. Probably can't be uh, too long. Uh, anyways, I want to share some of those things with you. Again, I wrote about this over at HowardMonroe.net. If you want to take a look at that, you can check it out as well online. 841, 19 to the hour. I want to talk about this Weirton story coming up next. Why? Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery powered tools from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real Steel. Find yours at SteelUSA.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. A serious injury from an accident can be just the start of your worries. What if you cannot return to work? How do you take care of your family if you're disabled? At Gellner Law Offices, we represent seriously injured people and understand their problem. We know how to get you fair compensation. We will work hard to make sure you get the money you deserve for your losses. Don't go it alone. 
If you're hurt in an accident, call us at 304-242-2900 or visit us at gellnerlaw.com. We'd like to help. You want sports talk? We got the goods all night long. Tune into Sports Map Radio. Evenings and overnights on FM 98.1, AM 1600. We are the Watchdog. Over the years, you've brought opioids into your home. They helped when you were in pain, and you held on to them just in case. But holding on to opioids puts your family at risk. Learn more at www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. You want a hospital rising up to the challenges of today's health care demands. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital delivers the right care right here at home. Developing new and exclusive services. Recruiting top surgeons. We embody the mountaineer spirit, building upon strong traditions, pioneering medical care, moving forward with compassion. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital, delivering the right care, right place, right time. Broadcasting from the Ohio Valley, talking about the Ohio Valley. We're live and local. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. Be an American where at least I know I'm free And I won't forget the men who died Who gave that right to me And I gladly stand up next to you And defend her still today Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land God bless the USA Bob, we didn't talk about this story when it happened but I think you followed it like I did, just sort of in the news. We didn't really bring it up here. Uh, what's it been? A couple of weeks ago in Weirton, uh, a man barricade, a man shot his neighbor in the neck, if I remember correctly. I believe she was cutting grass. I think you're right. And then he barricaded himself in his house and engaged in a hours-long standoff. My memory says five. I could be wrong, but many hours-long standoff uh, with police. Eventually, the police put gas into his house tear gas and he came out and he came out either shooting or at least pointing his gun at the cops and the cops shot and killed him um just we didn't spend a lot of time on it probably should have taken more time to talk about it but the story has taken a strange twist in reporting that was done this weekend and reported in the intelligence or other places turns out this guy had been convicted of a double murder before double murder he'd been convicted of a double murder and uh and then had and had been sentenced to life in prison how do you get convicted of a double murder get sentenced to life in prison and then end up roaming the streets of weirton living at home and by the way having a gun i i don't understand it well, we talked about it earlier with uh, Eugene Blake when we were talking about uh, yes. Freddie Connors. Yep. It, it happens, and it's it's mind-boggling how it could even be possible. I know sitting here, it gets my blood pressure up. Could you imagine, Howard, being a friend or a family member of this poor woman, thinking, how in the world did you let that happen? He didn't kill one person. He killed two he people. Killed two. And then you double let, murder. Well, he must have really been a great ideal prisoner because then you let him out and he shot my loved one. And you'd love to know what happened. The story from the intel says that um, according to records from May 21st, 1981, Governor Jim Rhodes accepted a parole board recommendation that this guy's sentence be commuted from a double life sentence, two life sentences, to a seven-year sentence. I can fix it. You know I can fix it, Howard? These highfalutin people think that they know so much more that sit on these parole boards. Okay, you make your decision, but you got to live with it. If that person, whatever crime they go out and commit, you're just as responsible. How do you like those apples, Howard? Uh, I, I, I don't disagree. I mean, I just I don't understand... But again, you're right. We just talked about Eugene Blake. Eugene Blake was the same thing. This guy was a absolute killer, and he managed to smooth talk his way out of prison, where he killed again. And this guy did too. This, you know, the system. 
Look, I'm in fact, a, I would hold them more responsible. You know what you got with this guy. He's a killer. This person sitting here, this educated person who thinks they know so much better, again, I'd come down on them with a hammer. I only know what I read here in the intel, but whoever did this story, I don't know if it gives me a reporter or not, but whoever did this story did a, a lot of digging uh, into a lot of records. Uh, the parole board in 1981 recommended that the sentence be commuted from double life to a minimum of seven years by a four-to-one vote. So four members of that parole board said, no, let's let the guy go. Was he a Eugene Blake? Was he a con man? Did he smooth talk everything? I mean, I, I don't know. After 13 years of parole, he went on parole. After 13 years of parole, then he was just released. Just, okay, you now you go back into the community. Um, he moved to Baltimore, eventually came back to Weirton, and we saw how things ended up in Weirton. The second part of this, the, the concern, the first question, the biggest question is, how do you get sentenced to two life sentences and end up being told you could serve seven years? I, I, I just, something's wrong with that. I'm, I, listen, I'm a liberal. I believe in a certain amount of compassion, and I believe that maybe people can change their lives. But not seven years on a double life sentence. That's crazy. And Howard, for the past, I don't know, what, four years you've been here, not so much now, especially out west, Portland, Seattle, that where they want to revamp the, uh, uh, the legal system. You know, I, I'm with you. We're going to take a look at this stuff. Get off the police back for a little bit. Let's find out the parole boards. Let's find out how this is happening. What judges thought this was a great idea? And, and this is the only one. How are you? How many of these cases you think coast to coast happen every year? Well, that's a good point. I mean, how how many people who shouldn't be out are out, but then they turn around and commit the crime again. Again, we talked about Eugene Blake. He was a, an egregious example. This was a bad example too. Now it was a long time between the time he was released, eighty one, did I say, until the time he committed this next incident, but still. He should have been in prison. And look, I'm the first one to, to forgive. If you paid your debt to society, hey, look, I'd welcome you as a neighbor. Unless, of course, you just killed two people and they just let you out. Other, I'm sorry. I don't want you for my neighbor. The other issue, which is secondary, because the first one is how to get out. Why is he out? The other issue is, okay, all right, so he, he committed a double murder. He was convicted of a double murder. He was sentenced for double murder, but the parole board cut that down. All right, all of those are facts. Okay. How, I mean, shouldn't he still be prohibited from getting a gun? The man was a double murderer. Okay, he's, they let him go. Then he's out on parole. But, geez, should, how does he, he have a gun? And how's this, Howard? You know, we, we, we're very careful protecting uh, about sex offenders. How about I put a big sign in front of his house, whatever his name was. This guy's already killed a couple people. Be careful. Caution. You know, Caution. That, 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 that's not a bad idea. I don't know how many people in Weirton knew his history or his background. You know. I wonder if the woman cutting grass knew. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. Next, she was a next-door neighbor. And thank right? goodness she survived. You know. Um, the intel takes, uh, talked to a couple of folks who were family members of the guy the, of the double murder victims and said how their whole lives were destroyed the only thing they said is that the uh, uh, these guys said they felt somewhat vindicated because they kept saying he shouldn't be let out he shouldn't be let out he shouldn't be let out let him out there he did it again he won't do it again though bob police took care of that and it Every indication that I have of the police acted appropriately there. He came out either shooting or at least pointing, you know, you cops can't, you, you point a gun at a cop in a rage, you can expect to be put down. And he was. So I don't know. It's just how do these things happen? They should never happen. We have a break, right? No, I, uh, I double checked. We, uh, we don't, unless you want to take an extra one. You want to take an extra one? No, yeah, that's okay. That's all right. That's okay. Um, uh, yeah, I, I know. I've got a text to read. So, yeah, let me take it. <laughs> let me take a break here. <laughs> 
Realtors, certified appraisers specializing in antiques, business liquidations, multi-parcel land auctions. Frio Stack & Associates is a regional business offering the executor, attorney, agent, and other individuals the most comprehensive and technologically advanced auction and appraisal services available. For information on our service, call our office at 304-233-3168 or email frioauc at aol.com. Frio Stack & Associates sells the earth and everything on it. You're gonna make a run And you plan on having fun The one place you should know Combi's Grab and Go What if your bank offered new checking and savings accounts with a very low balance required, online bill pay, and debit cards issued right away? I would like that. What if that bank had extended hours every business day and were open on Saturdays and most holidays? That's incredible. And if all their accounts had low fees or no fees? That's money in the bank. The right bank. Open your checking and savings account at Main Street Bank. You deserve a bank this good. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. These are the 100 Days of Summer. And this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Come see the shining sea. From Detroit down to Houston. And New York to L.A. Where there's pride in every American heart. And it's time we stand and say. I, I, I took note of this over the weekend, Bob. ABC News had done a story about um, kids being left in a car, and particularly in the summertime, you know, don't leave kids in the car, that sort of thing, which one would think you don't have to remind people of, but okay, we know they do. We had the story last week about a woman uh, who left her kids at home, 16-year-old, 16-month-old. For like that? a week. Yeah, she went on vacation, went to Florida for vacation. I mean, so I guess so. But I... I, I I have to laugh at this. So ABC News had some suggestions for parents to be more cautious, right? They said parents should put something important in the back seat to help them not forget their kids are in the car. Put something important in the back seat so you won't forget your kids are the what is more important? What would it be? Your body lotion? Your suntan screen? I mean, what would it be that you would put in there that you would remember more than your children are already back there? I remember one story, Howard. I, I can't remember if it was a father or a mother. I mean, they had so much running the, their schedule in the morning, dropping this one off, this one off, this one off, and they simply lost count. And I think it ended tragically, and I, I thought to myself, I, I, could, I could see that happening. I love that kid, but I could see being late for work, and now I, I, unexpectedly I'm behind a couple minutes, and I forgot to drop the baby off. I, I, I think that could happen. I, I, th I think it could happen. My point here is that the suggestion is in, to avoid that, put something important in your back seat. Well, if your kids aren't important, what else, what is more important that you would put back there that you would remember, you know? And how about taking a quick, a quick glance? Uh, did I leave anything? Any of the kids back there? Nope. I, okay, I'm, I'm good I'm to go. Like you. I can understand, I don't uh, alibi it away, but I understand uh, people who have lots of kids, you know, oh, there's six kids. You got to do a count, <laughs> you know? Oh, we forgot Bobby. What happened to Bobby? I mean, it's not funny. Um, that kind of thing is, but I, I just, I love the, the phrase. So in order to avoid leaving your kids behind, 
Put something important in the back seat to remind you. Your kids are in the back seat. What is more important than that? ABC News, that was a little poorly written item, if I must say so myself. Let's see, coming up today, statewide talk line. Hoppy Kirchhoff will be talking to uh, Senate President Craig Blair about the $450 million surplus that I still think is probably not really a surplus in uh, West Virginia. What are you, you going to have the surplus? But if it's there, what are you going to do about it? Uh, Hoppy will be talking about that. Also coming up today, some more talk about the uh, Mountaineer basketball team. Uh, and uh, let's see, what else we got here? Uh, looks like he's just kind of picking and choosing some weird things. I don't. I, I, some of these things don't make sense to me. Anyways, Hoppy's coming up today at 10.06. But before that, the legislative watchdogs are coming up next here uh, on the Watchdog Radio Network. Bob and I back tomorrow morning. Uh, we're going to talk with John Kilwine from WVU about Joe Manchin. And is he going to run for president? Does it make any sense, this third-party ticket idea? Uh, what about third-party candidates in general? We'll talk about that with John Kilwine. And we'll take a look at uh, the, the new TV shows coming out called The Real Wild West, which says that um, the Wild West we've come to know through Gunsmoke and some of the other TV shows. Is Gunsmoke the best of the Wild West shows? Boy, it ran for a long time, Howard. I would say it's probably right there, yeah. When I think of the, Matt Quintus- Dillon, you think of Matt the quintessential Wild West show, that's, that's the one that pops to my mind. Yeah. There are plenty of others. We'll talk about that tomorrow as well. And uh, who knows what else is liable to happen? I don't know because uh, – well, frankly, I don't even know what day is. So <laughs> that's it for now. I gotta say, sayonara, see you, bye bye, farewell. I gotta go. I gotta get out of here. Kerchival's got the comment. Are we off tomorrow? Or do we we Should come we take in... another day off. Do we have another day off? I'm like, let's look at the schedule, Howard. We better double check that. Maybe we're not back until Monday. I don't know. I have to check and it's a, be okay with me. Uh, sure. Be, be okay with me. <laughs> All right. Uh, ABC covers the world coming up next. Then the legislative watchdogs will be uh, in and. If we don't have another holiday, I'm not sure. If we don't have another holiday, Bob and I are back tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock. Next to you and defend her still today. Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. FM 98.1, AM 1600, WKKX Wheeling, FM 97.7, AM 1370, WVLY Moundsville. From ABC News, I'm Derek Dennis, the White House staying mum after a substance believed to be cocaine was found inside the West Wing. President Biden was not there at the time. The Secret Service releasing a statement saying the idol was sent for further evaluation and investigation into the cause and manner of how it entered the White House is pending at this time. We should note some White House tour visitors are able to tour parts of the West Wing.